For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you so much for being here. A lot to get to. David, where do you want to start? Golly, okay. I, I, this, this is the story that really caught my eye this morning. Okay. As I'm going through the news, getting ready for the show. Uh, we now know that the Chinese spy balloon was able to collect a bunch of intelligence from sensitive American military sites. It Wait even... a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> it, no, it, that's not true. It even did figure eights around some of those sites. <laughs> like it was literally doing donuts. Golly. In America's front lawn. And the whole time, they're like, well, you know, you got the guys like John Kirby out there. Like, hey, this is actually a win for us because we can see what it's capable of doing. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Three jamokes on the radio like us could figure this out as it was happening. Right. Weren't buying any of that BS. And goodness gracious. Then you finally figure out exactly what the truth is, yeah. and it's exactly what you figured it was. And the the way NBC News framed the story, by the way, I love this. They said, however, comma, the Pentagon was able to move some things around so it didn't get quite as good of a look at everything. Oh, and the what? other big win was going to be, and wait till we get right. all... All of the evidence out of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. The tide keeps taking it out. We yeah. can't quite find it. Yeah. Really? Well, you know, it's nothing compared to the tidal forces at work in Montana. <laughs> right. Of course. God. Could never have found it there if we would have shot it down. No, yeah, fish, no. Fish, fish walking out of the water, uh, disconnecting our power grid. <laughs> Jeez. Golly. I just... I just want to go to a flashback of how the Biden administration was trying to turn this into some sort of intelligence gathering win. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre. She was trying to say, hey, look, the president acted decisively, <laughs> and that's all you need to know about it. Okay. Yeah, so, look, I think that, uh, and we have talked about this before, about how... Um, uh, the, when it um, when the PRC government surveillance balloons trans, uh, trans, trans, transited uh, the continental U.S. briefly at least three times, as you just mentioned during the president's uh, prior administration, and once that we know of the beginning of this administration's, uh, but never for this duration of time, as we know, uh, this information was discovered prior to the admin administration uh, left. Gee, boy, oh. you talk about the struggle bus, yeah. the struggle balloon, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, you it's hang, always a struggle. You hang around Biden long enough, you end up sounding like him. That's that's what it is. It rubs off. It's like people with an accent, right? Yeah. 
but uh, the intelligence community, as I said, is prepared to give uh, give uh, briefings to key officials. Uh, but this is something. Uh, this is something. Sorry, post. But this is something that we we they did not they were not aware of as as we just laid out. Goodness gracious. Wow. Golly. I mean, it, it's just one thing after another, right? But at least then the president turned around and took out the scourge that was the hobby balloon from the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. Right. <laughs> the Nibbabub <laughs> that sent up like a $12 balloon. And, well, we scrambled some fighter jets and fired missiles at it. You know, I'm going to go ahead and play the game again. <laughs> Imagine if that was Trump. Instead of Biden on that one, they would still be talking about it. And imagine it was a Russian balloon. Oh, Oh, gosh. Holy smokes. Clearly the president has compromised. Yeah. And on board, the payload was a (laughs) P-tape. We're getting word now that Bob Mueller is investigating and interrogating the balloon. Yes. Speaking of Trump, of course, a lot of talk about the indictment. Mm Going to be a big news day, of course, tomorrow. It'll be fascinating to watch it unfold, and have, you've probably heard, was it, Trump's way over $4 million as far as people just saying, yep, we're giving to your cause, yeah. Don. You're getting railroaded here. So, yeah, the fundraising is there, but he's not the only one fundraising here. No, Representative Adam Schiff is one of several lawmakers fundraising off of this Trump indictment. He's running for Senate right now in California, and he wants people to kick in like 10 bucks because of the indictment to continue the fight to protect our democracy. Oh, my gosh. Doing an interview on MSNBC, he was asked whether or not this whole thing has become too political. I'm like, well, it is actually political, so I don't know how it can get more political than it already is. But anyway, here's his response. The guy is a proven liar. Well, yeah. <gasps> All re- we know this. Uh, look, I think that this is going to be certainly a political issue um, in in terms of defending the rule of law on the one side in terms of, I think, subverting the rule of law on the other. Uh, but the, the most important point uh, for me is that this is a affirmation of the fact that no one should be above the law. Oh, uh, <laughs> go back to it. This guy. No one is above the law. Uh, that we all held to account that this is someone who has escaped accountability now for years and years. Uh, that's a continuing and important part of the work I've been doing to defend our democracy. Hush money, porn star, yeah. Hunter Biden, James Biden, money from Chinese energy company. Big di- big guy gets 10%, who is Joe Biden. Hey, listen, no one's above the law except our guys, okay? Right. All right. Any of you uh, Republicans, that's a different thing because that's a threat to democracy. Okay. And we have a media that will never call this out. They just help carry on the charade it's infuriating man so many different levels and to watch (laughs) the coverage unfold as to you know the whole hush money thing and that's campaign you know finance do people actually get news from different sources or say okay this sounds a little bit crazy to me is there another legal expert out there that would say something different i guess people don't a lot of people just want to hear what they want to hear orange man bad lock him up and thank goodness these good democrats are fighting for democracy just completely clueless yeah it's like aimlessly wandering around not knowing what's going on all by design okay and joe biden the leader 
still doesn't know where he is. We joke about that, but it's true. Oftentimes he can't remember what he is. He can't get a town's name right. He forgets who the local leaders are, the local mayor, uh, that guy over there, whatever. What was the latest one, David? Yeah, he went to Rolling Fork, Mississippi after a tornado wiped out the town. Uh, And here's that darn stutter acting up again. Okay. Town of Rolling Stone will be back and will be with you every step of the way. And I, that I, what did I say? I, I didn't, I said, Rolling Fork, Rolling Stone. I got my mind going here. <laughs> no, that's the problem. You don't have your mind going. <laughs> well, it is going, actually. It's going, going, <laughs> gone. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. The other thing about the Trump indictment with Alvin Bragg, this is an odd thing going on that the Democrats and the whole messaging is to say, hey, Soros had nothing to do with this guy. Uh-huh. What yeah. is that about? That's that's They're panicked when they realize that left-wing donors are probably the biggest force of dark money in politics. Because whenever they talk, whenever Democrats talk about dark money, it's always about these evil Republicans. Oh, Koch brothers! Ah! Yes. And then you bring up, uh, hey, George Soros. And then they say, you hate Jews. Well, that's not They true. did it again. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's an anti-Semitic trope or something like that. And they bring up this idea that George Soros did not directly donate to uh, Alvin Bragg, the district attorney of Manhattan, which is, which is true. He didn't directly do it. He did it through a third party, gave them a million bucks after they pledged a million bucks to Alvin Correct. Bragg's campaign. So, yeah, that's under... Most reasonable people, if you actually had the facts laid out, would say, oh, yeah, actually, uh, that does appear that he su- to be the case that he supported the campaign. But they want to play this, like, small ball definitions game and try to say, well, technically. And, you know, uh, George Soros actually never did contact Alvin Bragg right. individually. They've <laughs> never really met. Okay. I don't know. Does Soros meet every DA he funds? <laughs> I I have no idea, nor do I care. He gives the money for these DAs to get elected. Why does he do that? Well, the curry favor. Well, I mean, it's been to his whim. It's all to destroy the country. Well, but it's that's, no that's... law and order. It's letting criminals out. It's creating chaos. He, you know, poses that under the guise of racial justice. People don't give people that kind of money and not expecting something in return. Of course. But, I mean, what he wants is what a lot of Marxists want is for this to destroy the country and turn people against one another. How can you say you're for racial justice when you let people out of jail in the inner cities that go and commit more crimes and kill more people? How in the world is that racial justice? It doesn't make any sense. Well, if you're criticizing me, you're anti-Semitic, too. You know that. Exactly. And that's where it goes back to. It's just absolute insanity um i know cbs you know after last week cbs what a great moment when they're you know telling you know all their outlets hey with the uh, shooter in nashville don't mention anything about gender okay take that off the table that was the memo out within cbs so and i missed this i'm looking forward to it david because i know you have it um they do an interview with John Fetterman. So we have a John Fetterman update. Yes. Senator from Pennsylvania. Oh, buddy. And they're asking, hey, what do you think about running for president? <laughs> yeah. President? Are you kidding me? 
Oh, we also got to get to the Marjorie Taylor Greene on 60 Minutes saying Democrats are the party of pedophiles. All coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Update on John Fetterman, David. Yeah, Democrat Senator John Fetterman has been released from the hospital. Uh, he's been undergoing treatment for clinical depression, and it was suicidal thoughts that, that drove him there. He said he had given up on living. Um, and so, uh, thankfully, he's been released from the hospital. But this, you know, again, it all, he apparently he struggled with depression his whole life, but it got exacerbated by the fact that he had this almost deadly stroke last year and then pushed himself to continue in the campaign. And then he became a senator. Um, and the work is overwhelming, even for someone who doesn't have issues with audio and visual processing. And so... You know, he's out of the hospital now, and CBS News got the first interview with him. Jane Pauley was doing the interview, and boy, let me tell you, she asked the tough questions. Oh, boy, here we go. Your trajectory uh, from mayor to lieutenant governor, United States senator, was still pointing up. At 53 in politics, that's a young man. Can you have aspirations? Can you serve beyond the United States Senate? You know my so hold on a second before he even oh, answers. Boy. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott. What a dumb question. Why what do you an say it's dumb? dumb que- well, the guy can barely do what he's doing. What are you do what's going on here? He's presidential fodder? Really? Well, I mean, Joe Biden was paving the way for mentally incapacitated politicians. I suppose. I suppose you there is precedent there. Mm-hmm. Man, that's really something. That, that does seem to be question. a heck of a leap. Wow. You know, my aspiration is to take my son to the restaurant that we were supposed to go during his birthday, but couldn't because I had to check myself in for depression. And being the kind of dad, the kind of husband, uh, and the, the, the kind of senator that Pennsylvania deserves. That was that, a good answer. That's not a terrible answer. That's a much oh. better answer than question. But it's also very, very edited. I don't know if you watched this video. And you know why. I mean, you can understand why. I think yeah. it's very dishonest on the part of CBS News. But, you know, they cut it out because the guy really does have trouble speaking still. But, I mean, I, I'm watching this whole interview, and it's it's almost unusable just because, I mean, it's more chopped up than a Fat Boy Slim remix. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Jeez. That's a lot for those of you who don't know, by the way. What's that? That's a lot for those of you who don't know, by the way. (laughs) Well, wow. See, just hearing it, I can't detect it like you could if you're watching it. You can still hear it, though. Now, okay, let me go back to it. At least five seconds of it. You know, my aspiration is to take my son to the restaurant that we were supposed to go during his birthday but couldn't. Okay, so during that, you're saying how many edits are in that? In that particular sentence, uh, one. And so they, okay. the way they do it, of course, is they cut to the interviewer's face and then they sure. cut back. Yes. Okay. So, hey, this trajectory. Yeah. And, I mean, you're reading into something that maybe isn't there. He's saying, I, first of all, I just want to be able to do something with my kids. Yeah. Okay. And then senator. But it sounds like, okay, personal life first, then senator. Almost like to Jane, are you crazy even asking that question? (laughs) I haven't even done this yet. 
I mean, and honestly, he shouldn't be there. No. There have been plenty of people that have recognized that, even from the left. That, you know, they should have replaced him with someone else. Someone close to him should have said, hey, I know you really want to do this, but you can't. Not right now. I don't know how many times, David, you said you felt bad for him because there was no one that loved him enough around him that would say, this has to stop. And that's really what it comes down to. I mean, that's it. It's like, I'm, I listen, before the stroke, I thought he was a reprehensible person. I, I don't like him at all. I don't like his politics. Um, I don't think he's a particularly good person. But at the same time, I hate seeing someone in that state taken advantage of. And that's exactly what the left did to him. Totally agree. Totally agree. I want to see what you thought of this. This is a bill in North Carolina. This bill would ban participation trophies. Yes. You're waiting for the punchline, Scott. I I can tell you are. Uh That's it. Uh, Three state Republican senators introduced the Eliminate Participation Trophies Act. It would ban them at all youth sporting events in North Carolina that are uh, sponsored by state or local governments. So if an event or league gets government funding, any trophies or ribbons they give out would have to be based on, quote, identified performance achievements, not just participation trophies. Need to stop making kids think they're a, quote, winner just because they showed up for something. So what do you think? Good idea or waste of time? I think waste of time. Waste of time, I do too. And uh, honestly, okay, I'm, I'm with you. It's it, the trifecta. It, it doesn't move the ball down the field at all. I mean, there's a lot of problems. And, I mean, even in the state of North Carolina, there's a lot of problems. That the participation trophy thing, really, I think, that, yeah, I think the whole thing is stupid. But I'm with you. Yes, they're a waste of time. It's a bad message. But there's bigger fish to fry. Yeah, yeah but, David, some people can't move the ball down the field better than other people. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is that if somebody thinks that if, if there's somebody kind of on the fence who keeps hearing how Republicans are all heartless jerks and whatever, this does nothing to uh, to get rid of that messaging in somebody's brain. And I, totally. And, it, and it's dumb and pointless. You know, and someone made the point. A lot of this does get phased out by middle school. Certainly by high school. Oh, yeah. I'm not seeing participation trophies at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I've said it before. It was one of the proudest days. Is It was one of those types of trophies. And from the car through the garage into the house, and my son chucked it in the garbage. And at first, my wife's like, well, what are you doing? It's like, we didn't win. It's stupid. <laughs> like, That's my boy. Oh, daddy's <laughs> DNA there. I like that. All right. Yeah, but oh, we, who won? We got to get to the Marjorie Taylor Green on 60 Minutes. Saying, yeah, Democrats are the party of pedophiles. Get to that much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. There are a lot of people on the left very upset right now with 60 Minutes. Yeah. For even putting on Marjorie Taylor Greene. How dare you? Dare you speak to a representative? Ah! Yeah, CNN had a whole piece on how it was reprehensible. Shame on 60 Minutes for even putting her on. It's like okay. giving a platform to this person. She already has a platform. She's in the House of Representatives. What the I hell? Understand. I like this. I, I, I like how I like the current uh, liberal position is that, you know, middle school kids should have access to pornography in school libraries. But a sitting congresswoman shouldn't have access to 60 Minutes. 
Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good. Good going. We there, control pal. the messages here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene was on 60 Minutes last night, and this exchange with Leslie Stahl, I laughed out loud the first time I saw it. I'm not. I'll probably laugh out loud again. Uh, Leslie brought up some controversial things that Marjorie Taylor Greene has said. There's a lot of them. Okay. Roll it out. The Democrats are a party of pedophiles. I would definitely say so. They support grooming children. <laughs> they are not pedophiles. Why would you say that? Democrats, Democrats support, even Joe Biden, the president himself, supports children being sexualized and having transgender surgeries. Sexualizing children is what pedophiles do to children. Wow. Okay. But. Okay. <laughs> when Marjorie Taylor Greene brings up Biden, that is absolutely true. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's a shock to some people, but that's absolutely true. And he knows better. That's the thing. Yeah. My question really is, can't you fight for what you believe in without all that name calling <laughs> and without the personal attacks? Well, I would ask the same question to the other side, because all they've done is call me names and insult me nonstop since I've been here, Leslie. I'm not calling anyone names. I'm calling out the truth, basically. Pedophile? Pedophile? Call it what it is. Anyone that she also still calls the 2020 election stolen. <laughs> Moving on. Stolen election claims insurrection. No! Yeah, I think, again, I and we have no idea, because remember when she did the interview with Trump and Trump released the full conversation and it yes. exposed Leslie Stahl for the hack that she is. And so oh, I, don't, dude. I don't know what got left on the cutting room floor in this case. But if you yeah. want to if you want to make the argument that I'm not saying all Democrats are pedophiles or anything like that, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that there are a lot of policies that they support that tend to be beneficial to sex offenders. I mean, I, I just, yes. this is a non-exhaustive list just off the top of my mind here. California, Democrat let a child sex offender be held in a female juvenile detention center. We spa, sex offender, allowed to parade naked in front of girls because he said he was a woman. March 2019, Houston Public Library admits registered sex offender, child sex offender, reads to kids in drag queen story time. The city of Houston knew about it but didn't tell anyone. March 2021, the head of a nonprofit organization that was a fiscal sponsor for Drag Queen Story Hour in Milwaukee was arrested and charged for child porn. June of last year, a central Pennsylvania drag queen activist charged with 25 counts of child pornography. Um, I'll tell you, if this was the Catholic Church, another Oscar-winning movie would be in the works about it right now. Mark Ruffalo stars in Spotlight 2. You're right. That's true. Yes. That is interesting the way she switched topics on that, mm -hmm. you know, real quick. Man, going back to that Trump interview in 2020, when <laughs> she said it couldn't be verified, the Hunter laptop couldn't be verified, and it could. She wouldn't do the work. I got to hear part of that, man. Let's go back to that. I think it's one of the biggest scandals I've ever seen, and you don't cover it. Because you want to talk about... Well, because it can't be verified. You want to talk I'm about insignificant you. things. I'm telling you. Of course it can be verified. Excuse we, me. We they found the laptop. Leslie, Leslie. can't be verified. What can't be verified? The laptop. Why do you say that? Because Even the family hasn't... The family on the laptop... <laughs> He's gone into hiding 
for five days, he's gone into hiding. He's preparing for your debate. Oh, it's taken him five days to prepare. I know. I know. Okay. Go ahead. She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't follow up. Man, oh, man. That's just frustrating to hear it again. And, you know, we don't have time for it right now, but I will never forget Megyn Kelly, who had just started her podcast at the time after getting booted from NBC, saying all these years we kind of held Leslie Stahl in high regard, 60 minutes and these important stories, and saying we never understood she was such a hack. People have been propping her up for years. Yeah. She was totally exposed by that thing, and it was all because Trump recorded it himself. And that's how we got to find out that whole thing. If he hadn't have done that, we wouldn't even know it. So certainly glad he did. Okay, are you guys ready to uh, go around the table with our uh, stories that we found today? Because it's not necessarily the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention. David, today, what's your story? You know, we, we've talked a lot about uh, sensitivity readers now, which go, you know, they go through... Uh, different classic works of art, and they censor it or they put trigger warnings ahead of things uh, because, well, they're not, you know, a book by Agatha Christie published in 1937 had language that isn't really in line with the woke religion of today. Right. Well, now apparently the sensitivity readers have gone after Gone with the Wind. Now, they haven't edited anything yet, but they've put a trigger warning ahead of it saying, you know, there are some racially insensitive things in this book. Did it take place during like the Civil War? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it probably does have racially insensitive things in it. If you're going to teach about the Civil War, <laughs> it's going to be racially insensitive. <laughs> if you teach about history at all, it's going to be racially insensitive. Good night. We never man. take into effect the time the book was written and the story that was well, being told at the time. Well, that, that's the whole thing. It's like we never do this. It, it, it's like, Florida. but that's what you have to do right. to understand it. It's like it's like the state of Florida doesn't want to teach critical race theory. Same goes for the state of Texas and multiple other states. And Democrats are all like, "Oh, they don't want to teach about slavery." Meanwhile, here's a book about slavery or about the Civil War and the era of slavery. Uh, well, we got to make sure that people are protected from this language. You know, it's crazy, man, because you think about language that is used just every day without thought. And I'm not saying other people. I mean, I think there are a lot of us that do that. Okay. Like offensive language. Okay. So it's more a part of the fabric of society than ever. Would you agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are certain words, oh my goodness, if even a college student sees it in print, ah! <laughs> oh no! Well, Bill what? Burr... They're going to be triggered into what? Right. Weeks of depression and woe? What? Bill Burr did a stand-up on that about Sean Connery. They wanted to cancel Sean Connery because in 1964 in an interview he said, sometimes a woman gets a lot of control and you got to smack him across the face. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. A little shot to the child. The chops. <laughs> and, and Burr's like, it was 1964. Yeah. Guys like him talk like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're defending now, what Nobody's he said. defending it. It was, it was terrible. But right. it was 1964. Yeah, sometimes a little smack in the face. Yeah. Was it, do you remember for sure, was it 64? Because I have a picture in my head of it being in color. 
It's well, somewhere it in the could 70s. Have been in color in 1964. I don't know. Okay. I'd have to look that up. I'm just playing this off the top of my head right now. Got it. Yet now I want to hear that clip. No, a little pop of the chops. Yeah. I remember even at the time as a kid, the first time I saw it, it was, it was a Playboy magazine interview. I know yeah, that. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I read it for the articles. Of course you did. In 74. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, it appears that Joe Biden will be skipping the coronation of King Charles. And the reason behind it, I find silly, but downside with having this old geezer as the president right now is the stories like this one. Biden's handlers have repeatedly refused to confirm that he will attend the coronation of King Charles this next month in London. The word is the White House doesn't schedule him twice in the time span of a month for an overseas travel. The fear is he becomes too tired and he won't do whatever he's supposed to do. He'll be out there on his own. Yapping. So they're trying to keep it to once a month. Hey, old man River. Hey, come on, man. He does look gassed, man, every time. So they're going to send uh, uh, First Lady Dr. Jill Biden. Dr. Dr. First Lady, Dr. Jill. Dr. First Lady, Dr. I wanted to get it right. You got to say it. You got to say Dr. twice Uh, to make up for all of the Neanderthals who will not give Dr. First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden her due. So why isn't your president here? Well, was there a scheduling conflict? Is he meeting another head of state? No, he's tired. (laughs) He needs a nap. He's gassed. (laughs) Can't do it. Okay. Uh, For my story today, it's just one that caught my eye. Because it's one of those, hey, did you know this can cause food poisoning stories? And some of the stuff, uh, you know, I guess I haven't paid attention over a lifetime, and so I find it interesting. And it's the CDC, so now i got to say take it with a grain of salt. Um, But they actually listed the 10 foods that were most likely to cause food poisoning. Mm. Now, even though this is part of what's your story, it doesn't mean we couldn't turn it into a game if you guys wanted to mm. early on a Monday to actually have. Okay, what's uh, the know, question again? Just so I got it proper. Ten foods most likely to cause food poisoning. Okay. You don't want any part of that game. Do you really think you could beat David at it? I've had food poisoning. I know what I ate to get it. But So are you saying that you like your chances and you want to run well, at I don't this? know. I, I just say I've got some experience in the food poisoning end. Okay. Well, do you want to play the game or not? Well, sure. I'm always up for something. David will probably just kill me in this thing because he's more of a food guy than me. Well, then let's do it. It's game time on a Monday, kids. Today, the champ, he's only been the champ over the last two, three years. David Van Camp against the Wiley veteran, Scott Robbins. And it's the 10 foods most likely to cause food poisoning. Now, the champ always gets to pick if he goes first or not, which I don't know why he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um... What do you think, man? I'll, I'll go first. Okay. I think um, I, I'm going to go with, like, uh, bagged spinach, lettuce, that kind of stuff. There's always E. coli outbreaks. Uh, that's number one. That's a 10-pointer. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's how I got it. <laughs> salad. <laughs> the one time in your life you eat salad. I, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, my body rejected it. <laughs> It's 10 to nothing, but hey, that doesn't mean you can't come back. Gosh, dang it. What? Okay, food. Can I say a nationality? <laughs> I thought food, for a second your answer get, was food. Do I have to get more specific? Well, more, more specific than, than food, yes. I'll say. Yeah. Salsa. 
he's going with salsa. It's not on there. You know what, man? Honestly, that that's uh, <laughs> wrong. Yeah, nowhere. Uh, David, um, ground. Uh, no, uh, I'll go with uh, turkey because Thanksgiving people undercook sometimes. Uh, turkey is number five. That's a six pointer, and we're out to a sixteen nothing lead. Yeah, Back to Robbins again. Foods most shooting, likely to cause food poisoning. Threes the rest of the way. Uh, ground beef. Bad ground, ground beef. beef. Hey, there you go. Ground beef is third. That's an eight pointer. You've cut the lead in half. 16 to 8, back to Van Camp. Uh, chicken. Chicken is, yes, number six. That's a five pointer. 21 to 8 to Robbins. Bad ham. Ham. He's going ham. Green eggs and ham. Mm, oh, you know. Uh, uh, oh! No. Damn. Uh, David, I think you can close it out here. Uh. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, I'll go apples. Apples. That's a. I like them apples. Scott? Milk. Milk. Uh, milk. Spoiled uh, milk. No. You ever had spoiled milk? 20 seconds left in the game. Um, a comfortable 21 8 lead. Cheese. Cheese. Like sliced cheese. Uh, you know, they said they would accept it. A deli cheese. Ah. And meat, that's uh, actually number two. That's a nine-pointer. That's a 30-8 to eight lead, which means that will close it out. Uh, they don't always close. They don't always properly clean the, whatchamacallit, the deli slicer. Yeah. I got a big uh, lecture on that when I worked at a deli. Oh. Well, what's number two? That was it. Deli cheese. Oh. Then ground beef. Onions was number four. Oh, damn. Yeah. Also, papayas, peaches, cantaloupe, and flour. Round out the top ten, so there you go. Mm. Nice little game. Nice job, fellas. All right, news update. Somebody else running for president next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Someone else announces they're running for president. Mm -hmm. Woo. I don't think so. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, the former governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, is running for president. Uh, this was on ABC News. Made the big announcement that one person was waiting for. Yeah. And the reason, uh, as I've traveled the country for six months, I hear people talk about the leadership of our country, and I'm convinced that people want leaders that appeal to the best of America and not simply appeal to our worst instincts. And that inspires me when I see everyday Americans just saying, give us good leadership, give us common sense, consistent conservatism, and optimism about our great country. And uh, that inspires me. I remember how you voted in your state. <laughs> All that, you know, nicety BS is fine and dandy. You don't back the people that put you in office. I mean, remember that time you blocked a bill that would ban sex change operations for children? I do. And this is how he explained himself? Oh, that's right. Anytime you go against the grain, you're going to get that kind of blowback. I think it's healthy uh, for our society. I think it's helpful for our party to have that kind of vigorous debate about an important issue. And uh, to me, uh, this is about the future of our party. Are we going to be a narrow party? Uh, that uh, expresses ourself in intolerant ways, no. or are we going to uh, be a broad-based party that shows conservative principles but also 
compassion in dealing with some of the most difficult issues that parents face, that individuals It's about protecting face. kids. And at some point, I had to say, uh, I've got to remind uh, my wonderful Republican colleagues that <laughs> we are the party of Ronald Reagan that uh, oh, here we go. Limited role We're all going to remind you, we don't need any whisker biscuits in the White House. <laughs> you can just step aside. Go away now. Thanks for playing. Bye-bye. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I think we have breaking news out of New York City, David. Yeah, New York City uh, is preparing to accept Donald Trump as he returns to the Big Apple to be arraigned tomorrow on these charges that have been filed in relation to the payout to Stormy Daniels, as we understand the facts of the case right now. So... Uh, the mayor of New York City is telling any protesters who are showing up to protest this obviously political attack and hit job, you, you better you better walk the straight and narrow because in New York, we respect the rule of law, says Mayor Eric Adams. Respect the rule of law. That is the breaking news right now, that New York respects it. And you better as well. <laughs> Maybe some rabble-rousers. Thinking about coming to our city tomorrow, our message is clear and simple. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. We are the safest large city in America because we respect the rule of law in New York City. Now, is he talking to the people here illegally that came through the southern border right now, or is he talking to... Trump supporters. He's talking to Trump supporters. Oh, just to make sure. Okay. Yeah. And although we have no specific <laughs> threats, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread mis misinformation and hate speech, uh, she stated she's coming to town. While you're in town, be on your best behavior. As always, we will not allow violence or vandalism of any kind and... Oh, if please. one is caught participating in... Oh, hold on a second. Just stop it. Has this dude ever gone out there and told people to behave themselves before a big protest is going to happen? Because if he has, I don't remember it. <laughs> this is a special one. Okay. If one is caught participating in any act of violence, they will be arrested and held accountable. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Push different up. rules for different people. Push and up a train platform, you're out by lunch, but <laughs> well, this we're going to be tough on. I think we would all agree if someone breaks the law, we want to see people held responsible. Absolutely, we do. At any protest. Any yes. protest. That's the consistency, not just sort of pick and choose. Well, you know, you have to understand. I, get, I don't think you can tell whether or not we should prosecute. Uh, based on the look of pain in one's face right. when they're stealing something. Let's go Just back me. To, let's go back to the parroted talking point. No one is above the law. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Unless your last name's Biden. Then you are, but... We'll see. Okay. Um, speaking of 
this whole thing with Trump and Alvin Bragg, the DA. You're saying DeSantis demolished him, David. Yeah, I thought I thought he did a, a good job here. Uh, so Donald Trump's getting indicted. He'll be processed in Manhattan tomorrow. This is all over the Stormy Daniels payout. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis laid waste to the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg. Okay, roll it. And now you have this Manhattan district attorney who his whole platform when he got elected was that he was going to downgrade as many felonies as possible to misdemeanors. He was going to keep as many people out of jail, even habitual criminals, as possible. Uh, and he was going to go light on all these things as part of, quote, criminal justice reform. So that's his posture. He doesn't want to charge people with felonies. So now he turns around purely for political purposes. Yeah, by the way, where nobody is above the law. That's right. right. Nobody. <laughs> and indicts a former president on misdemeanor offenses that they're straining to try to convert into felonies. That is when you know that the law has been weaponized for political purposes. That is when you know that the left is using that to target their political opponents. But also know this, Ron DeSantis, anti-Semitic. Well, yeah. <laughs> totally anti-Semitic. He, so he says Soros-backed uh -huh. prosecutor. Yes. That means anti-Semitism. Yes. yes, I got that from Joe Scarborough yes. on MSNBC. Mm -hmm. Dog whistle. He's an anti-Semite because he said that George Soros funded him. Yeah, he's critical of a guy funneling money around. It's so who interesting. just happens to be Jewish. With Soros, that he funds anyone and you criticize it, you're anti-Semitic. That's right. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. You didn't know you People were. People are a joke, but man. you are. Yeah. Just an absolute joke. Um, update on that Chinese spy balloon. That Chinese spy balloon got a lot of information on us. Uh, yeah, now we know that the Chinese spy balloon was able to collect a bunch of intelligence from sensitive American military sites. It did figure eights around those sites, actually. God. Or we were told by our government, hey, you know, it's just floating along. You know, uh, you know, we don't know how much control they actually have. And we were successful in blocking any transmission back to China. Well, that's actually not true, it turns out. They lied to us? Yeah, weird, huh? What? Huh, huh. Uh, and I, I just like going in the Wayback Machine every once in a while. And this doesn't, this isn't all that far back. It's just a few weeks ago uh, when the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, said, hey, we were able to block it from getting any sort of information. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is good. It was a, a balloon, as you all know, that was a Chinese surveillance balloon. Uh, we wanted the president's number one thing was to make sure that uh, we kept American civilians safe. He took recommendations from the Pentagon, uh, who told who, who said that we should follow the path. And he agreed they followed the path. But he also said the moment that they can to shoot it down. And that's what occurred. But let's remember what what happened while the while the balloon was on its path. We were oh able goodness. to collect data from it. We were able to protect our security data on the ground and learn from the Chinese surveillance balloon. That's what we were able to do. Uh, uh, wrong answer. <laughs> that's not what you were able to do. No, no. Because, as we now know, they did get the information. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, the Pentagon gave instructions to follow the balloon. Well, that's something, huh? Yeah. 
Uh, just ignore it. Pretend it ain't up there. A rancher in Montana was able to follow the balloon. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> and he thought something was up. <laughs> but he was wrong. You can't make this stuff up, man. Well, didn't the president tell us that, too? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Biden also echoed that same sentiment. Yeah, we, we uh, you know, we disrupted the transmission of anything. Actually, you didn't. All right. Let's move on. What's the story here with the trans activist oh, assaulting the conservative activist, David? Where'd this no, happen? This is in Canada. There's a conservative activist who goes by Billboard Chris. Okay. He uh, shows up to radical trans protests and wears a sign saying children cannot consent to puberty blockers. Uh, he was assaulted during a protest in Vancouver, and the cops took the attacker's side on all of this. Now, this is the altercation. He's doing an interview, and this dude in a wig shows up and starts screaming at him. The mob comes in. And I'll tell you this. I, I, this is a fairly short clip. Okay. Mainly because what is actually being said is almost rendered incomprehensible because I had to beep out so many oh, yeah. bad words. Yeah, it's one right after oh. another. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's roll it anyway. So it's the hardest for everybody all around. probably one. How do you keep your What the Quite well, it sounds like they got like a metronome going there on time. It's on beat. Bleep you, bleep you, bleep bleep. Okay, yeah, got it. I think. How do you keep your composure? Well, what happened there? Uh, that's where the dude in the wig, uh, like throat punches the guy. Yeah. Or like chops him. It's not a closed fist. I don't. I don't recall yeah, that. Kind of a. Yeah. It, yeah. Just sort of like shoves him down. Uh, trying to get his camera out of his face. Very it, loving. Yeah, very loving. Obviously, these people are just all about joy and protecting the children, right? This guy's just mm -hmm. kind of standing there trying to do an interview. And it's really funny how the interviewer is saying, uh, how do you keep your composure <clears throat> while while this dude in a wig is getting in his face, <laughs> just screaming obscenities at the guy, and then he gets hit. And the cops say he was the one at fault because he showed up wearing a sign that hurt people's feelings. This is, are you serious? This is where we are in the West, man. A reporter okay. for Press the Truth asked the officer why she thought that. Okay. Excuse me, did you just say he came here to incite violence by yeah. forcing his opinion on people? Yeah. Yes. You think he came here to incite violence because they got offended by his sign? When you what talk is to wrong someone with you? and scream at someone and He put didn't your scream face... at all. Yes, he, he didn't did. they put their face in his face. What yes. is wrong with okay. you? Okay. So are you saying the guy who How on earth did you become a police officer? Stop it for right there. That's outstanding. Yeah. yeah. Holy smokes, good for him. What happened to you? Because we're all thinking that as then he says it. She's literally what? sitting here saying that Billboard Chris is inciting violence by standing there with his sign. Is that really your position? Okay, sir. We're done with this conversation. Yeah, I thought so. And this is... Oh, my goodness. To tie it back here, you have a guy, again, who got assaulted, and the cops took the person doing the assaulting side on this over politics. This is one of the reasons why, uh, you know, we're told that there are people who are going to be showing up in New York City to protest the indictment. Of Donald Trump, mm -hmm. this is exactly why I think that's a terrible idea. I, I think there there's a difference between not backing down from a fight and putting yourself in an unwinnable situation. If one person steps out of line, you're all going to prison, and I think it's a terrible idea.
to show up in that jurisdiction right yeah now. you make a point man that could break bad mm-hmm. if all the cops have it out for you man we've seen that in canada i don't know how many times yeah. as we talked about you know many times most of the cops that we know or have seen in action have done their jobs you know well you know with much respect but like we've always said there are always you know like in any sort of you know business you're going to find some people that you know are there for the wrong reasons or just not good people and that happens it seems and maybe it's just the videos that we happen to see from canada because it's from conservatives usually done wrong mm-hmm. that there are a lot of thuggish sort of cops that are looking to take out something on somebody i'm not so much saying it's there but man have you noticed that in different situations especially the one not too long ago when they came to the pastor's house and they had those jerk cops all around mm-hmm. you're like oh my goodness it's like the worst of the worst mm-hmm. wow you know on the whole trans issue too is this thing a joke or is this for real the trans activist Dylan Mulvaney. Do they actually have a partnership with Anheuser Busch and Bud Light? That's well. That I, I guess that's what he said. Dylan Mulvaney, by the way, is a person who's been, uh, I guess, transitioning now for the last year, uh, and he doesn't just want to be a woman. He says that he's actually a girl. He wants to experience yeah. girlhood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which it, and so over the weekend, um, he said that. He got a commemorative Bud Light can with his face on it. Yes. Hi. Impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness. It goes all through that. But either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Okay, so is this a goof? Is that a real can? Right, if it was a goof, they would have let us up by now, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they have revealed it? I think I think it was I think the whole thing's a goof, honestly. I think Dylan is goofing on people. See, I think that too in some ways. Yeah, but if yeah. Yeah. Anheuser Bud Bush, Light... I mean the lawsuits start today. <laughs> I mean you've ruined the brand if that's the case. <laughs> the first person I knew that saw this said, I'll never drink another Budweiser brand. Right, I've yeah. heard it from a lot of people. Yeah. yeah like done. So, yeah, if that is some sort of goof, they might want to get out ahead of that. But who knows? They have nobody said anything yet. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. News update on the price of eggs. You won't believe this. Straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so we're still suffering from inflation. Bought eggs recently. Anybody? Yeah, I have, actually. Yeah. Yes, I buy them all the time. Pretty expensive. Huge. Nuts. Well, when the price soared, I saw this story at Daily Wire. Uh, provider said it was inflation and higher transportation costs and then a sudden drop in production and some kind of avian flu. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that's what it was? Turns out that Cal Maine Foods, the largest U.S. producer, more than doubled its revenue last quarter to nearly a billion dollars because of the prices. Profits surged 718%. Production wasn't down. Calmaine, which controls 20% of the domestic egg market, said the total number of eggs it sold rose by a percentage. Okay, so you're like, oh, well, what's going on then? Farm action 
A farmer-led advocacy group said the real culprit behind the prices is a collusive scheme among top U.S. egg producers to fix prices to gouge consumers. Big egg. I was like, what are we going to call this? Big omelet? Big egg? What are you going to call it? (laughs) Big chicken? Um, They sent a letter to the Federal Trade Commission in January. Said the alleged collusion has helped egg producers to extract egregious profits reaching as high as 40%. And the avian flu is not to blame. Examining publicly available financial data from the egg industry, the letter determines that the supply disruption caused by the avian flu outbreak had an apparently mild impact on the industry. They also said they're making money hand over fist. What do you make of this? I don't know. This kind of sounds a lot like um, uh, Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden. I know it does. Where it's like, hey, there's I'm just going to need more evidence than just raw numbers on revenue, because obviously if the prices go up, revenue will go up because that I mean, that's exactly why the prices go up to begin with um, to keep up with everything. So I'm going to need something a little bit more than an activist group saying it's corporate collusion. I'm not closed off to the idea. I, I, I've just heard this song and dance before. I know. In other areas. Yes. Well, if it's collusion, you want to know it. Absolutely. Well, the chickens unionize, too, which might have something to do uh, with that's it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, so April Fool's Day, obviously, over the weekend. Um, and I saw this stat that 26% of people say they've never had a prank pulled on them. Ever. Oh, wow. Never in their life. Do you think that's probably accurate? I would guess people are not going to lie about it. No. I suppose. You know, it was on a weekend last mm-hmm. or this year, so I don't think as many happened. Um, but, man, that's a lot. I got a lot of work to do next year. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day today, David. Uh, there's a couple here. I mean, one is that the Chinese spy balloon apparently did actually collect a lot of information over sensitive uh, sites in the United States, and Joe Biden decided to let it happen as it was going on. That, uh, to me, if we're going to impeach Donald Trump over a phone call, then uh, where are the articles of impeachment for this? Like right now. It's okay, though. It was Biden, and he's good friends with people in China and the energy company and his family. They go way back. See, it's okay. No, no worries about that. State TV actually just had a dispute with Direct TV, so that's the only way they could get, you know, their the shows that they want. There you go. Um, by the way, speaking of Elizabeth Warren, she said children die because of Republicans. <laughs> we'll get to there that and much more. All right. The Mark the Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins, Elizabeth Warren. Oh, yeah. This ought to be good. I just saw the headline, Children Die Because of Republicans? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the big news today out of Florida is that uh, Governor DeSantis has signed permitless carry uh, for the state of Florida. Of course, the libs are mad about this, and um, they're just they're they're beside themselves. Now, this was a, a couple of days ago. Uh, Elizabeth Warren was talking about guns, guns, guns on uh, CBS Mornings. And she said, Republicans are killing kids because of the Second Amendment. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, I thought it was going to be the trans thing. Mm-mm. That's okay. what I thought, too. All yeah. right. Go ahead there, Pocahontas. I just can't tell you how frustrating this is. Our children die 
because there are Republicans in Congress who continue to insist that we can't put just basic safety measures in. So you know what? You and all your hack friends, I don't want to hear from you again until after a random weekend in Baltimore or Chicago or New York where you have like five people under the age of 17 die that you come out out of your mind about guns. Until that happens, I don't want to hear another freaking word from you and your ilk, Pocahontas. Give me a break. I don't disagree with you on that one. But this is what Isn't that in fact this racist? Is her, this is her this is her whole act. Oh yeah. This is her act. This is what we do. Kids will die if you don't allow them to mutilate their genitals. Right. Kids will die. Mm-hmm. If you don't allow them to or if you take all the guns away from everybody, or kids will die. This is what they do. At the border, what's happening? Children separated from their parents. Kids will die. They do this all the time. Yeah, I don't think she ever gets too upset when kids drown. No. Trying to cross. No. Or get sold into human trafficking. I don't hear, you know, going out there fighting for those marginalized people. But when you spin the hyperbole wheel, kids will die. It comes up eight out of ten times. All right, I know we got the rest of the clip. Go ahead. Measures in so place. you don't see any behind-the-scenes conversation that makes you optimistic or hopeful that there will be change? These are the lives of our children, our neighbors, our friends, yeah. and we just can't get through. But that's why it's frustrating. People know what to do. Yeah. Exactly. Nothing ever changes. We'll probably be having this conversation yeah. again. Yeah. There, there you go. Gail King weighing in there. Just, that's, yes, that's... that's yeah. it, it's like this foregone conclusion, and oh my gosh, just these terrible people will won't let us do it. I mean, I saw uh, some people sharing uh, protest signs that had happened uh, at, or that were seen at protests last week. You know, mm-hmm. the little mini insurrections that were going on as people were storming yes. state capitals in protest. Yep. Uh, one of the signs read, the only way to stop a good guy with a gun is a congressman with a spine. <laughs> okay. I, again, I, I it comes down to when you have... More than one gun per person who lives in this country out on the streets right now in people's homes uh, and and elsewhere. What happens next if you ban certain rifles? No one ever asked that question, which is one of the exactly or at least nobody in those forums ever actually asked those questions. They just think, well, it's foregone conclusion. You ban the guns and you ban death. And it's like, well, that's that's not really how that works. Okay, tell me if this is a crazy idea. I've brought up similar ideas like this before, and you're not going to hurt my feelings. You're like, no, it's a terrible idea. If you could somehow find someone who doesn't really have much of an agenda that could hold an hour-long debate on national TV about guns, I mean a real debate, So, because I think there are a lot of people that obviously don't want another school shooting. They don't want to see kids get gunned down. No one wants to see it. So then you have the, you know, political takes. They want people to die. The Republicans don't care if kids die. They might love their weapons more than their own children. Blah, 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 blah. Play the whole thing out. Okay, what are you talking about? You, when you say assault weapons, weapons of war, what exactly are you talking about? And what laws do you want to put on the books that aren't on the books? And then have the debate, what actually happens then? Are you talking about handguns? Are you talking about semi-automatic handguns? Is that what you're talking about? Because no one has a clear message on it. And I, 
I truly believe that so many more people would be so much better educated if you actually had the debate with indisputable facts. Yeah. I don't think a network is ever going to try to pull something like that off because they want to continue to lie to people mm -hmm. and influence their thinking more than actually get to the facts and what the truth is. Well, and I, I don't know how many times I've seen in the last week since the tragedy in Nashville this idea that uh, it's impossible to hunt with an AR because it would blow up the deer. All the all the meat would be bad. And it's like you realize that uh, hunters that don't use ARs, they don't use ARs because they want a more powerful gun. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that that's what it comes down to. It, it, like I'm not trying to make light of obviously the tragedy that happened in Nashville at all. I know exactly what but you mean. When, but if you if you quizzed people on something yeah. like that, how bad they would fail? Yeah. Oh, a lot of people, and a lot of people I know personally who are intelligent people, right? But just have no clue what they're talking about whenever they discuss firearms. They they really actually believe that if you were to shoot a deer with your standard off the rack AR-15, mm -hmm. the deer would like blow up in half or something, which right. is just not true. Yeah. Well, yeah, but when you've heard it your entire yeah, exactly. life. When it's yeah. drummed into your brain, this is what it is and what it does, then you naturally believe it. You know, switching gears, totally different topic because we brought up the trans issue. Yeah. Anybody see Winsome Sears? I did. Okay. The uh, AG of Virginia? Yep. Um, who, by the way, doesn't get much credit at all no. for be a glass ceiling breaking yeah. black no. woman. Well, the lieutenant governor. Lieutenant governor, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, so she's on Bill Maher's show, and they're talking. Um, the, who was the guest? This guy's named James Kerchick. Yeah, he's journalist, author, advocate. Um, talking about what happened in Nashville with the shooter, and he's taking uh, issue of, of the the shooter being dead named, misgendering the guy who killed six people. Yeah, and Winsome Sears. I'm just going to let some of this play out where she's finally had enough, and she jumps in. Um, but there's a little setup to it. Well, what's interesting, if you've noticed, they are misgendering and deadnaming the murderer, right? They are referring to the murderer by their given name, not their chosen name. Right. And by their um, re re referring to her as a woman, as opposed to what her identity apparently was, was a man. Right. Which is not the way the media usually does these things. They're usually very particular about the subjective sense of gender identity in respecting that. If someone says they're a man, then they're a man. But in this case, I mean that. H hang on, you know what? This person murdered six people. I don't really care who you say you're, you are. You murdered six people and three of them were children. You don't get a say. Well, she's dead now, so, you know. But you don't get a say in telling us who you are and what you're about. You killed six people. <laughs> Well, how about that? Yeah. First of all, the audience at Bill Maher's show applaud Winsome Sears. Yeah. That well, doesn't happen every day where a Republican gets applauded <laughs> on that show. Yeah. Yeah, because I think rational people hearing this debate have to be, I, I have to believe this or else I'm just going to be utterly depressed. But I think rational people hear what that so called journalist just said. And are kind of horrified by splitting hairs about gender identity or whatever. Like, Agreed. It, it's like, come on, okay? Give it a rest. We're, we're okay. really going to worry about right. dead naming. And, and I think one of y'all made the point last week. 
she's literally dead, so who cares what <laughs> what we call her? Right. Yes. And some goes on. So here's what I'm saying. Talk about the issue without the So murder. the issue then, well, no, because you brought it out, so you know what okay. to talk about. So, so now we're on to something else. But here's the thing. I'm a parent. I'm a parent all day. I get to decide what happens in my child's life. Not you, not the government, not anybody. I don't co-parent. I had this child. <laughs> I'm responsible yeah. for this child. Anything <laughs> happens to little Johnny, you're calling me, right? right? <laughs> Damn, that's that is refreshing. That. I love that. that I don't so co-parent. Right. I don't co-parent. And that needs to be said because I think there was a nice thought of, hey, as far as a school district uh, or a teacher along with the parent, and you're working together for the best of the student. Unfortunately, because of all the kooks in the public schools across America, Winston Sears is right. I don't co-parent. Okay, and some of this stuff is not up for debate. What's going to be taught in these schools? Yeah, something goes sideways with little Johnny, you call me. Absolutely. Johnny says something, you call me. It's so great to see her. Damn. On a national stage. Why like is that. this controversial? It shouldn't be. I, I don't even get it. I can't wrap my head around it. I really can't. Oh, because, be. because the communists want your kids. True. They have but to well, turn your kids into can't. little revolutionaries, and they need that wedge between you and your kids yeah it's also saying that parents are diabolical and bad people mm -hmm. well they're just they're backwards it's old thinking that. and right. we're yeah. the enlightened it's just, ones it's just amazing to me uh switching gears there's a shortage out there david that yeah. uh, you have the story i do yeah uh, well, the the FDA, remember months ago, indicated there was a shortage of ADHD medication, and suppliers are warning that those shortfalls could continue throughout the rest of the year. Uh, you're talking about amphetamine mixed salts, commonly referred to by the brand name Adderall, and there's no longer technically a shortage, but generic versions are still impacted by this. And one of the problems, as we've talked about before, is that with the massive and rapid expansion of telehealth during the pandemic, because <laughs> you can't go see a doctor, mm -mm. people are getting sick. That makes sense. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I always thought you went to the doctor because you were sick. But any okay, so uh, so then it's easier to fast track the drugs with a phone call, right? So then you get the telehealth, the Zoom meetings, and there are actually a few companies that only do online consultations, and so. A lot of people were getting scripts for Adderall without mm -hmm. ever actually seeing a doctor in person during the pandemic. So now there was a, a, a demand issue and not enough supply. And apparently, uh, well, Jamie, I regret to inform you, you're not getting your drugs reliably probably for the rest of the year. Jamie, come out to play. <laughs> there it is. Dude, there you jump through hoops. Because to get the actual extended release, that's different than the tablets. The tablets are like the, you feel the immediate effect. The extended release is supposed to give it to you throughout the day, right? Because mm -hmm. I, you know, got prescribed this in, what, 2005? After starting uh, one of these jobs where you had multiple responsibilities. I was, my career was fine before that, by the way. Um, but anyway, it, it's it's gotten really kind of crazy because of all the hoops that you have to jump through just to get your script. 
And then if there's one little change, if it's, well, this pharmacy now has, they don't have the extended release, but they have the regular tablets. Well, that throws everything into insanity because now, well, insurance hasn't approved that. What's the difference? (laughs) (laughs) If you're, you know, supposedly ADHD, you're just supposed to get the medication one way or another. But no, then you got to, you know, get the other script and then, you, you know... Is it going to be called into this pharmacy? And by the time it is, well, that pharmacy's out now, and it just goes in a circle. Well, and, I, I enjoy the back and forth, I have to tell you. Oh, I just, just you know. Just because I'm in the studio and the speakerphone is on, and you're calling everywhere. Yeah, usually after the show, and then I leave it yeah. on hold because we all know the songs by heart now. Well, it's all living <laughs> strings and voices, yeah. Well, we started writing lyrics to the Walgreens on hold. <laughs> yes. Cause... And the doctor's office on hold. We have lyrics to those songs now. we got hooks and everything. Yeah. By the way, man, on that whole topic... Um, you know, if you're a parent and your kid, say even during the pandemic, was, you know, defined as ADHD, there's something you should hear. Uh, I'm going to find this. I'm going to get it for the next five minutes. It's something someone said that makes you really wonder how how many of us that have been told we're ADD or ADHD really are. Just something to think about. So I think like a lot of people, you're still trying to figure out, okay, is that a real thing? Was that just brought up to sell medications? But we'll get to that in a news update in just a few. Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, you were just talking about the shortage of generic Adderall. It's going to be that way for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um. Because I was diagnosed. And so then when you're diagnosed as an adult, you wonder if it's passed down to your kids. And this conversation has gone around our family for a long time. And so if if you believe in that diagnosis, you want the best for your kids. And then you're wondering, should my kids be on, you know, some sort of medication? And through time, you've sort of learned uh, some different things about how this is diagnosed. And there's always new information, sort of the same way with depression. And within the last year, we've gotten a lot of new information about depression that we didn't know before, Mm -hmm. that it's more of a theory than anything you can prove. And so Jordan Peterson was asked recently during a one of his talks that he gives to people about ADHD. And he said in rare cases, you could see it. Um, But one of the things he said, especially with boys the schools are not well adapted to boys. I don't think they're particularly well adapted to girls either, by the way, but they're particularly not well adapted to boys. Boys aren't designed to sit still and be bored out of their skulls for seven hours a day. And he talks about the science behind how boys need activity, Mm -hmm. like almost to the point of exhaustion. And that's part of how their brain develops. And it's not good for boys to be in (laughs) what we have them do in grade school. And uh, so a lot of times, in his opinion, it's been sort of this (laughs) people have made up almost the ADHD thing to get boys, especially to calm down during school and to be able to pay attention because you certainly will pay more attention. You can have longer focus when you're on amphetamines. But that's true of every kid. And he said that they tried to mark it as a difference this way. Listen. Abnormally neurologically structured hyperactive boys have a paradoxical reaction to 
amphetamine administration. It calms them down. Whereas with normal people, they become more stimulated, okay? There's a word for that theory, and the word is wrong. <laughs> it's not true. It does the same to everybody. Wow. Here's the last thing. I bet your hyperactive son has no trouble paying attention when he's playing video games. He doesn't. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. David, Scott, you guys got bad vibes about tomorrow. You think something bad's going to happen? Man, I, I hope not, but I, I just think some nut's going to do something. And then as Donald Trump is arraigned in Manhattan, and that's going to be used against him because, of course, they're going to January 6th, the whole thing. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> and I, I, again, uh, I, I just li- listen. I mean, that that's really why I think it's a really bad idea. For anyone to show up there. I know Marjorie Taylor Greene's talking about going. I, that's a terrible idea. I mean, this is, you know, I. <laughs> that's like lesson number one or two in the art of war is don't start a fight you know you can't win. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's like in this situation, you're in a jurisdiction where Alvin Bragg, the DA, will go after people for defending themselves. They did it with the bodega owner. Remember that? Some guy comes in with a knife. Oh. and I mean, the bodega worker actually killed the guy. Uh, he was clearly the victim, and yet he was initially prosecuted. It happened again over the weekend where a parking lot attendant, I think, was, was defending himself against a thief. And initially mm-hmm. he was going to be punished until there was outcry. So, yes. I mean, you really think that the DA in Manhattan or anybody in elected office in New York is looking out for your rights? Heck no, they're not. They're looking no. for someone to scapegoat. Well, the message is don't fight back. What do you mean? If somebody attacks you, don't fight back. Right. Yeah. Loud and clear. So you think, okay, even the showing of support, not a good idea. Just right. let it roll. I, I think you let it roll, man. You, Here's you have what I'm to. afraid of. What I'm afraid of is this. Some knucklehead, some far-left progressive idiot puts on a MAGA hat and does something stupid. It's possible. And immediately, and then starts proclaiming that, you know, Trump got cheated, Trump is God, or whatever nonsense rolls out of their, their pie hole. <laughs> and it's, it's an, entirely it's a setup, right? I mean, it doesn't – that's what I fear the most because these guys, these far-left nut jobs – are not above that sort of behavior. They've done it before, and they'll do it again. Okay. I worry Um, about that. And by the way, um, I had not heard the latest. Is Trump saying, yeah, get out there and protest, or is he saying lay low? I have not heard him say lay low. I haven't either. Okay. All right. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you're calling for people, yeah, show up, let your voices be heard in this protest, be peaceful. You're just hoping people do that. You're going to get because some nut in the crowd, and he's going to tell them to go storm the, the city, you know, the, the city hall, the council, whatever, the courthouse, right. and they'll do it. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I hope that does not. I happen. mean, that's what I'm afraid of. It'll it'll be another one of those situations. Um, on that topic, um, David, you have an amazing fact check mm-hmm. of a fact check of a fact check. Yes. Uh, Glenn Kessler, one of the last favorite hatchet men in media, he works for the Washington Post. He's a fact checker, and he was in on uh, the whole it's an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory to say that Alvin Bragg, the DA in Manhattan, is a Soros-funded prosecutor. So his fact check, he says, the new fact check, the incendiary claim that George Soros funds Alvin Bragg. So Twitter has this new thing called community notes where people can weigh in and they can sort of they can fact check things that have been posted. It's a really okay. nice feature. I really like it a lot. Um, and so uh, the, the, the fact check on the fact check says Soros donated one million dollars to the color of change pack, the largest individual donation it received in the 2020 election cycle. Days after it endorsed Bragg for a district attorney and pledged more than $1 million in spending to support his candidacy. So, yeah, that certainly looks like George Soros uh, did fund the effort to get him elected. Sure, of course. Obviously. Yes. Glenn Kessler responds saying, Twitter trolls who posted a community note to this tweet apparently have not read the actual fact check. Click the link. And you'll see that Color of Change did not spend $1 million in independent expenditures on Bragg, as people often claim. Another community note. The original community note does not say that the Color of Change pack spent the $1 million originally <laughs> pledged. Soros donated $1 million to the pack days after it endorsed Bragg and pledged more than $1 million in spending to support his candidacy. <laughs> did you find this helpful? Yes, I did. <laughs> So what was it they ended up giving us, like five hundred grand or something? Right. I, I mean, I, right. The point is they had pledged a million dollars. George Soros yeah. gave them a million dollars. Yes. To support Alvin Bragg. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not rocket science here, okay? Right. And then they have people on the left go out and say, "Well, George Soros didn't meet with Alvin Bragg." So what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Never. What is it now? Now mega donors in political circles what have to go have coffee with the guy before sending him a check. Yeah. <laughs> that makes no sense. We're not teaching critical race theory, <laughs> right? <laughs> because it's not Giving... called critical race theory, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, saw this. Um, well, before we get to the former Google CEO. Uh, if you're keeping score, yes, the Chinese spy balloon was able to get intel from yeah. sensitive military sites. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think that was true. Did not get blocked. Did not get, you know, we, we didn't we didn't pull a fast one on the Chinese government. We just kind of let them do donuts on our front yard. Mm-hmm. And we laid down and took it. It almost has this feeling like somebody up top's compromised or something. <laughs> Why would we just let that roll? It's weird. Hmm. Well, this former Google CEO, Eric Schmidt, anybody see him on one of the Talking Head shows over the weekend? Mm-mm. No. Okay, he's warning about the impact of AI on politics. Saying, oh. you know, regulators, tech industry, we've got to rein this thing in. And all I can hear in my head is David saying the other day, we have no idea what's coming and how to defend this. No. You don't, because a lot of these, I mean, the deep fakes, they're getting more and more realistic. And it is going to be really hard 
to tell what is true and what is not. All right. Sorry to put you on the spot, David. Can you just real quick come up with a scenario that would be easy to understand for people how this could go wrong in a hurry? Well, uh, well, there was one making the rounds um, of Joe Biden giving a speech ranting about uh, trans people were saying things that he would never have said in, in mm-hmm. real life. Um, but it looked pretty realistic, especially on a social media platform. If you're just looking on your phone, mm-hmm. maybe the image is a little bit blurry. Right. And so you can totally have someone appear to be saying something and you'll have thousands, if not millions of people believe that it, it was actually said. I mean, we already have this problem without the use of artificial intelligence. True. Uh, think about the horse whipping thing at the border. Oh, my gosh. Where that yeah. was just one still image of a uh, horseback riding Border Patrol agent using split reins near the vicinity of a migrant who was coming into the country illegally. And that got twisted into something that, in the words of Maxine Waters, was worse than slavery. Because Border Patrol were whipping these Haitian migrants. Yes. That dominated conversation for two weeks. It was totally fake news. The guy who took the picture knew it was, said it was not true. I didn't see anybody whipping anybody is what the guy said. And yet it, 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 it was gospel and in some cases still is considered gospel that there were Border Patrol agents on horseback whipping Haitian migrants. Now... Let's say you can actually now develop video along with audio that sounds like the real person and have them say the most reprehensible things. Maybe you can even, at some point, generate an AI image of a politician whipping Haitian migrants at the border. And it won't matter. And this is part of the reason why I get so upset about mainstream media knowingly lying to people over and over and over again, because you can't trust one news source. If you want to be fully informed of what's going on, you've got to read at least three different sources. Agreed. Uh, I, to at least start to scratch the surface of what is true. Yep. You throw AI-generated deep fakes into the mix, you got no idea. I want to, I want to go to the positive side here, though. Yeah, I could have all kinds of bad behavior and just blame it on a deep fake. <laughs> right. <laughs> Was it me? I don't right. know. But that can work the other way, too. Right. And that's the other thing. Hey, we actually saw a video of Joe Biden whipping Haitian migrants at the border. <laughs> he right. says it's deep fake. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Well, I just tried to look glass half full here. That's all. I know. Good. Tr- it was a good try. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, if you want to go glass half full, we could go to the Ron DeSantis deep fake. Of after you know the report was he ate pudding with three fingers and I no spoon, that. yeah, you know, and then David had to edit it out because and this was an obvious deep fake, but man, people were cracking up. We got a bunch of requests to play this. Oh yeah, people like love this, this is how they'd like to hear Ron DeSantis answer that whole thing about eating pudding with his fingers. And I just want to make one thing perfectly clear. You're right. I ate pudding with my fingers. I'm Ron DeSantis. That's obviously not Ron DeSantis. That's the deep fake. Is that one of those chat? CBT? Yeah. Yeah. If I want to eat pudding with my fingers, I do it. I don't give a who's going to stop me. You get the out of my face. I'll eat whatever I want with any utensils. I feel like pizza with a fork. Bring it on. 
Cheerios out of an empty coffee can with a back scratcher. Zero f given. Your mother, raw, been there, done that. Your rules don't apply to me. Your scorn fills me with joy. I am a f superstar. Step to me and I'll drop you like I'm dropping this mic. Do not ever f with me again. Like I said, we hate the deep fakes. Hate them. Except when they're that funny. Yeah, before you act. Okay, we'll try to get that on our Facebook page today, okay? Okay. We'll give it a go. All right. Uh, Children's Hospital official says they need to drastically increase the ability to give kids sex changes. What? That and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Children's Hospital, what? This story, David, where is it from? Boston Children's Hospital. The co-director at its Center for Gender Surgery called for a drastic increase in capacity for what he calls gender-affirming care. Uh, That's sex changes for kids. Uh, Oren Gaynor is the uh, plastic and reconstructive surgeon who specializes in sex changes for children. Uh, And he has said that, hey, the hospital is slightly flexible when it comes to the age of transgender girls seeking genital surgery. Uh, However, the Children's Hospital told Fox News Digital that it does not provide genital surgeries on kids. A patient needs to live in their new gender for 12 months before the surgeries are considered. But he wrote this article uh, saying that, hey, you know, you got all these states that are banning the mutilation of children, we got to ramp this thing up. We got to make sure that we are the safe haven for kids who want to mutilate their genitals. Okay. This is evil. They put forth any proof of this or numbers where kids are going to kill themselves if they don't go through these surgeries. Meanwhile, knowing that upwards of 90% of these kids, if left alone, will, quote, grow out of it by the time they're 18 Mm. and not want to change their sex. They talk about how the other European countries are saying, we're not doing this anymore. We got to put the brakes on this because we really don't know what we're doing. This is all experimental. We have no research to back any of this up as far as long-term success. None. This is nuts, man. And it's crazy that that's not one of the biggest stories in the country. Well, the biggest story in the country is that people are trying to stop it. That's the bizarro world that we're in right now. It is. Wow. You're speechless, Robbins. I, well, we've gone over this. I know. I, I, I don't get it at all. I don't understand why any parent would say, yeah, it's okay. To do something like this at a five, well, if they six, don't, seven years old, I don't, I don't if, understand. If they don't know the facts and they're just sort of bamboozled with, you know, people that are supposed to be the experts because we're sort of taught since birth, well, trust the experts. I know that, but I mean, this is this the designer, and, you know, Kate Spade purse? For some parents, it I is. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, according to Sarah Stockton, that's now blowing the whistle on yeah. this. And again, she was one of the people that were first out there to say, yes, we need the gender-affirming care until she started talking with detransitioners and now is out there saying, we need to halt this. Hold on a second. Well, it's almost like detransitioners don't exist in that world either. 
Oh, dude. It's just all these it's Disney the land, all these all these lovely lovely outcomes. Oh, the you backlash know? I mean, towards it's, it's those amazing. people. It's amazing. Yeah, it's You can't have a counter opinion on anything. It's something, man. Totally different story. This is being debated online. Um and this was from a video from a mom that's been dubbed parking lot Karen. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't heard this yet. Okay. She put a video out bragging about screaming at a guy for approaching her in public. Apparently, she was putting her kid in the car at a mall last week when she heard a guy say, excuse me, ma'am, and she spun around and yelled, do not approach me. And this was the middle of the day. And she said he was like 30 feet from her. And he eventually yelled back, what's your problem? She's saying that a man should never approach a woman in a parking lot. Here's here's the audio of her yelling at this guy. Or afterwards, mm-hmm. she's telling the story once she's in her car. I'm literally shaking. I'm And it's so funny because David course, loves I'm literally always shaking. Literally Everybody shaking. is, yeah. Yeah. I'm literally shaking. I'm alone with my son by myself, a woman, and a male approached me in a parking lot. He's excuse me, miss, and I don't know why in the hell he was approaching me or what he was trying to do and i mean he was probably 30 feet from me when he said excuse me ma'am and i turned around and i literally yelled at him and i said do not approach me no male should ever approach a woman in a parking lot now she said she saw him walk up to other people after that she thinks he may have been asking for change he probably was and then another video she said he seemed sketchy so she followed her instincts, and she said that's how all women should react in situations like that. I'm just asking, because people are debating this. Do you think that's how you should act? First of all, she misgendered him, maybe. Yeah. No, I she, I think she did nothing wrong. I think, I think men also need to know that women are on edge because there have been a lot of these so-called jugging events. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder about that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day. Biggest story of the day is that, well, once again, the Biden administration lied to everybody when it uh, comes to that uh, Chinese spy balloon, because apparently (laughs) the efforts to block the transmissions back to China, maybe not as successful as uh, initially reported. Maybe perhaps they did get some intel. But I love the quote from the NBC News article where apparently one of their sources said something to the effect of, well, I mean, it's not like it's a whole lot better than their low-orbit satellites. (laughs) Well, that's... (laughs) Unreal, man. Okay, Robin, you ready for your big three of the day? Yeah. All right, the trifecta and a news update next, right here. China! The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, we'll get to the Scott Robbins trifecta coming up in just a few News update, David Van Camp. Well, here we go. This is what happens when we have a commander-in-chief who consistently puts America last. OPEC, the big oil cartel, the global mm-hmm. oil cartel. They've, uh, well, they've decided to cut production yet again. Ugh. Yeah, drive up the, the cost of gas. Uh, they're talking about gas prices rising at least 26 cents, one Expert saying that, well, yeah, get ready for $4 a gallon gas uh, on average nationwide again. 
Is that when we're going to get the well gas stations? You just need to change the price. Yeah, we're going to get that, and then also the ever helpful advice to just buy an electric car. I mean, right at the height of uh, vacation time, too. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Did Biden actually say? And I'm trying to remember all the crazy things he said. The gas prices were five bucks a gallon when he took over. He say that, and because of the action we've taken. Gas prices are declining. We're down $1.25 since the peak at this summer, and they've been falling for the last three weeks as well, as well. Yeah. and adding up real savings for families. Today, <laughs> the most common price of gas in America is $3.39, down from over $5 when I took office. No, right. Yeah. No, that, that's not true at all. What? Yeah. That's not true at all. <laughs> But that's how it is. It's like something goes down a little bit after skyrocketing under Biden's watch. And it's kind of like, hey, I used to hit you 10 times a day, and now I only hit you three times a day. How big of an improvement is that? See? Well, I used to not get hit at all every day. Well, he meant it was $5 a gallon when Dr. Jill went to the post office. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Misunderstanding. Oh, man, that's infuriating. Um, One other thing. Uh, that we just didn't have time to get to get to it now before your trifecta. This has a lot of people talking about, and we've had this conversation before, if you could find out you were going to have some sort of disease or more likely to, would you want to know? No. Chris Hemsworth. Thor. Um, apparently found out he was 8 to 10 times more likely to battle Alzheimer's while he was filming his docuseries Limitless. And is now taking some time off. Said it was just, it triggered something in me. I want to take some time off. He didn't say he was retiring, mm-hmm. but take some time off. So, and I think I know your, oh, I know your stance, Scott. You don't want to know. No. And David, have you waffled at all? You don't want to know. I, I don't, I don't really want to know, no, because I, I feel like I would wind up just getting paralyzed with fear. Me too. So. Now, if it was reversible somehow, if I could reverse it somehow, I mean, this is inevitable, isn't it? When you take these tests, it's like, well, yeah. Yeah, I think there are things, well, there are things that will bring dementia on quicker. I'm not talking about Alzheimer's, just saying dementia. So you could alter your lifestyle a little bit to keep it from hitting you at an earlier age. That's the way I understand it. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed this. I'm not a physician. <laughs> I read a little bit, though. No. So anyway, um, but yeah, I, I would want to know. I've always been that way. Hmm. You know, because then I think you're going to choose things a little bit differently. Some people don't want to do that. They just want to keep living Well, like I life. said, if it was reversible, if somehow they could find out early and go, hey, if you do this. Well, let's say that's not in play. Well, then I don't want to know. Okay. No, I'd rather not. What if it was, you know, then you could actually tell even how much time you might have. I don't want to know that Like either. less than this or more than this or anything else. I think I'd make else. more mistakes if I knew I had less time. If it's, if it's a week <laughs> out, I'd do it. If it's like, hey, by the way, this is going to happen to you next week. Then it's like, all right, about to blow all the savings. All right, let's yeah. go. Okay, being the millennial. Yeah. Um, let's say if you knew at age 36 you got 20 years or less, more than likely, mm-hmm. would you live your life different? Uh, right now or in the next 20 years? Yeah, probably. I think that's why I'd want to know. 
I'd blow all my money and to get to year 19, they'd cure it. And I'd be, damn, I got no money. <laughs> you know what I would say? Uh, it's a good time to get to the trifecta. Let's roll it out. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins' trifecta, always helped by his hero. I'm KC Kasem. Hey, buddy, national championship game tonight. You coming over? Got you. Okay. I'm ready. Expect you. All right. Three. Always leaves himself a little bit of wiggle room, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Number three, even... uh, Dylan Mulvaney. This is the dude who transitioned to be a young girl. Yeah. Uh, and he's gotten a White House visit and a beauty brand endorsement, actually multiple beauty band, uh, brand endorsement deals instead of a padded cell. Uh, over the weekend, he said Bud Light gave him a commemorative beer can, and no one was sure if this was real or a joke, and apparently it's real. It is real. Yes. He, uh, Dylan Mulvaney. They sent. Uh, they said that Budweiser sent him packs of Bud Light featuring his face on it. That was part of his celebration of girlhood, and they wanted to join the celebration. So he filmed a couple of ads that will run online, I guess, talking about his love of Bud Light, and they, in fact they're giving him money, being the first transgender influencer in the history of Budweiser. Well, if you want to hear it, here's the one. I would love to. Hi. Impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So, I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness, and I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. Okay, hold on. Before we play the rest of this. Yes. David, you and I specifically have had this conversation several times. Mm Mm-hmm. That at some point, Dylan Mulvaney is going to, quote, pull off the mask and say, this whole thing's been a joke. Yeah. And if you had to bet money on it, though, mm-hmm. are you betting that in a year we'll know it's all been a joke or is this real? I don't know about the timeline, but I, I would bet, yes, I would put $5 on. It'll come out that this is a massive and hilarious prank. You want that action, Scott? Or do you think Dylan Mulvaney's real? I think it's real. I think it's, he's real. I mean, he's people are paying attention to him. He's making a pile of money. Why get off the gravy train now? All right. All right. This and you're going to scorn. $5. The scorn okay. of the population when they find out that you're faking it. <clears throat> Holy smokes. I think it's all to prove a point. The transgender community would lose their minds. Yeah. Here's the rest of the online commercial this month i celebrated my day 365 of womanhood and bud light sent me possibly the best gift ever a can with my face on it check out my instagram story to see how you can enjoy march madness with bud light and maybe win some money too love ya that's pretty much it well the announcement was met with of course backlash so anheuser-busch finally came out and said hey we work with hundreds of influencers across all of our brands one of the many ways we authentically connect with our audience. <laughs> we have lots of demographics and we have a lot of passion points, whatever that means. From time to time, we produce passion unique points. commemorative cans for fans and for brand influencers. The commemorative can was a gift to celebrate a personal milestone and is not for sale to the general public, collector. The statement came after many people were mocking it. Uh, one of the tweets was, 
Who in the hell is Bud Light trying to appeal to? Do they know who their audience is? Which was exactly what I was saying. Who yeah. are they talking to? I'm sorry. 0.0.6%. I'm trying to get over the term passion points. I love that. I, I, yeah, that was weird too. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like, uh, I don't know, like an old Brooke Shields and Kevin Bacon, Bacon movie from Maybe. like the early 90s that everyone forgot about? Our yeah. book Stacey Abrams wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Well, notice they didn't try to pull this off with Budweiser. It is Bud Light, which used to be your beer, Scott. I know. <laughs> Light. Anyway, I, dude, the thing is, Anheuser-Busch, and they got to know this, it's not just the people that drink Bud Light. It's the people that drink Budweiser are going to be turned off by this. Well, I would think so. I mean, it, you know, I, and I know that their sales have been hurting since I quit drinking. I mean, I, We're getting closer and closer to number I, one. I alone was responsible for the stock going up. You know what? Beer sales are down all the way around. I don't bet they are. The white claws of the world have well, this know, is taken over the last this five is years. Help. That will not help. No. You yeah. also, Two. You need hard liquor in times like these, too. <laughs> all right. <laughs> number two, uh, NPR is rolling out layoffs. Yeah, uh, this is happening. Uh, Bloomberg had a story about it. NPR... And in particular, the all-hands Zoom the executives held with their staff and soon-to-be former employees, they announced at that time they're going to cut about, what, 25%? Or the first quarter alone, 25% uh, less money than last year. So about 8% roughly of their current employees. Now, the employees were saying, hey, we, we got some questions here for you, pal. Yeah, it wasn't so much am I losing my job. No, it was no, another no, it concern. Was, uh, do we have diversity and inclusion in this? <laughs> I'm not even making this up. Among no, requests, you are yes, yes. That That's the best part I'm of the not. story. Among the requests, employees wanted to see more specific <laughs> breakdowns around the number and percentage of employees of different races and identities who got laid off. Really? That's your main concern? <laughs> That's the one? NPR writes itself, that? man. That, you can't even make this stuff up. This will be my last time on NPR. <laughs> For the next half hour, enjoy the sound of communists quietly crying on an overprocessed microphone. Yeah, you got to do it in that delivery, too, David. You got yeah. it down. The good news is only those of us who are white have been fired. So enjoy your equitable future on NPR. I like that. I just got blown out. They just told me that, and I am demanding <laughs> that I get specific breakdowns of the people who got fired. Yes. I got to try to find this before we move on. Or maybe you saw this part of the story because we, we may have seen it in different places. They were also talking about what a shame it was going to be because some of the podcasts would not go on. And they were so ridiculous. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> that I, and I don't have it in front of me, but it, it's exactly what you'd imagine. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. Darn the luck anyway. Okay. And the countdown continues. Yes, the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three of the day. One. Number one, uh, the CMAs were last night, uh, and you yeah. want to talk about it. I just got my first reaction to it last night. And really, this goes for all award shows. I'm not just particularly singling out the CMAs. But if I run for office, if elected, I will forever ban from the current vernacular the terms in the house and make some noise. I want to scratch my eyeballs out every time I hear that on TV. Why? Make some noise! Every single time. Do, can we come up with something else? Let's hear it. Hey, <laughs> cheer louder. 
Yeah, just cheer louder. Cheer louder. I don't, I don't know, man. That's... And you know, everybody's in the house, too. Mm-hmm. Leonard Skinner was in the house. <laughs> well, do you have something to replace those? Are here tonight? <laughs> Maybe. Well, that doesn't have much possess. A little stiff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, this we'll come up with something else. Those are the most tired, overused phrases ever in the history of award show. Make some noise! <laughs> and next, and next when, they announce, when they announce the winners and losers of the categories, let's not make it sound like they're announcing the final four. Okay. Garth oh, no. Brooks! I, I, think, I think that you need to... What, what really needs to happen here moving forward is really raise the stakes, and the people who don't win wind up getting dropped into a pit full of alligators. There now you you're talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. Next thing you're going to ask is, like, singers of bands not open up with, everybody ready to have a good time tonight? Yeah, I can't do that either, yeah. I you, can't you hear you. Yeah, come on, man. All right. And there you have yeah, it. Scott Robbins, right back. No, Scott this Robbins time. is in the house. <laughs> Thank you. All right, news update and Nimrods of the news next. Goodbye. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Who's laughing? Have you seen this? Like, all, all these cable news networks went wall-to-wall watching Donald Trump's plane take off out of Florida <laughs> and land or on its way to New York City, where he's going to be arraigned tomorrow for the, whatever, Stormy Daniels hush money indictment. And, like... I think even Fox News was doing this, and one of their hosts actually said, we're obsessing over this flight right now. This is silly. It really is. And, and like, the, the, the folks on CNN were trying to keep the ball in the air, just, mm-hmm. dra- I mean, trying to make it seem like this huge dramatic event that we're watching a plane take off. <laughs> and here's the motorcade on the way. This is a very historic moment. This is a stunning Stunning development right now happening. History is being made right now. The motorcade is now pulling onto the tarmac. The door is open. The steps are down. History is being made right now as we are watching it and you're listening to it live on CNN. I mean, it's just... I like it! It's it's like, really? Really? Dude, all I can think is what happened to the cable ratings? When Trump left office, they yeah. went into the tank. They yeah. need him to try to get eyeballs oh, yeah. more than anything else. <laughs> I mean, say whatever you want about Trump. He is still <laughs> dominant when it comes to ratings. Fascism. We, we, we need to have a sense of urgency right now. Hop, 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 hop. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I want eyes on that plane right now. Details on everything. Absolutely. <laughs> we need now we get when the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Well, Phoenix, Dairy Queen there. They got one of those big 15-foot red spoons bolted to the ground. Yeah. Like a place where kids yeah. get their picture taken. Yeah. Parents, somebody stole it. Are you kidding me? No. Holy cow. They're looking for it right now. Nimrod. Said, if you're driving down the street, see a giant red spoon hanging out of someone's car, please report it. That's pretty funny. Yeah, what do you do with that? I have it set up in a dorm or your frat house. I don't know what you do with it. 
What did you have in mind? I don't want to know. Moving on. <laughs> Slip and slide. Boy. Oh, by the way, you know what? I can, I'm can. i going to save this Nimrod for tomorrow. You said slip and slide. Did you hear about the big slide? What's going to happen? Paris Eiffel Tower? No. They're building the world's biggest slide. Oh, buddy. World's tallest slide, Eiffel Tower. Man, I can't imagine the leg burns on that thing. April Fool's. They pulled that one over on a lot of people. <laughs> and now you're another victim, Scott. It's not April Fool's Day. I know, but that was an April Fool's joke, and a lot of people fell for it. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Nimrod's in the news.